There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I hear you've been uh, getting involved in a bit of drama here. Not really. A little bit. Steady. You okay? That's all good. You know, there's an old saying. If they climb up a tree, you need to help them down. Not make them climb up more. You're right. Always from that point of view. I think so. Yeah, I agree. Just you agree? Are you going to like put it into action or you just agree with me? What action? I get the feeling that my input isn't necessarily wanted. If someone asks a question, you answer. He didn't really appreciate my brilliance. Okay, here's the thing. Nothing Big Dick Aaron says on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills makes any sense. I don't make the rules of the English language. It's just the words that come out of his mouth. They're words. Sure, they're words. They're definitely words, but do they make much sense? No, they don't. And here I am watching the show, and I'm siding with PK. PK, of all people. Can you believe it? Can you all believe PK, one of the worst house husbands in housewife history, and I'm talking about all the franchises. Suddenly this week, I'm watching the episode and I'm saying, wow, PK's making a lot of sense. And that's not a thing that I'm proud of or that I expected. But it's where we're at. This season, I'm loving Dorit. I'm siding with PK. I'm not sure what's happening. PK, I'm siding with him. He made sense. When he was talking to Aaron, I was thinking, yeah, Aaron, listen to PK. Never thought I'd say that sentence. And here I was, watching it and saying that sentence. Uh, but this episode, it wasn't about those two. It was about the women. This was an Avengers-style episode. We got appearances from all sorts of women. Uh, we got uh, the Adrian Maloof back on screen. We got Kim. We got Brandy. We got Eileen. I legend. Uh, we're going to talk about it. First of all, I want to say happy, uh, happy day. <laughs> what the fuck? Happy day? Why am I saying happy day? I've never started a show off saying happy day before, but here we are. <laughs> uh, I've had a lot of coffee. But uh, I want to say welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino. We're going to be talking Beverly Hills. We're going to be talking New York. I loved both episodes this week. I thought Beverly Hills is better than ever. I thought New York. This was the first episode of New York that was deeply chaotic and crazy and unhinged, uh, but that I really, really enjoyed. So we'll get there. Uh, but we got to talk about Beverly Hills first. Like I said, all these people were back this episode. Not only were people back, people like Faye Resnick, people like Glenn the Party Planner, they were all back on our screens, which just gave me so much serotonin running through my body. The endorphins were flowing the entire hour that I was watching this program. Uh, it was so good to see everyone, and they, they didn't even have to do anything. Just seeing Camille next to Adrian with uh, all of them. I was happy. There was one thing, though, that I was thinking as I was watching this. And I know the producers and editors of this show, they got enough work to do. They're trying to pull this show together in a pandemic. And to that, I say, bravo, bravo. But there was one thing where I was thinking, oh, if they would have done this, it would have just been the perfect episode. And 
What I was thinking was that at the beginning of Beverly Hills, I wish they would have had all of those old cast members have taglines. So maybe they could have used like the old footage of them twirling if they didn't want to take new footage. But wouldn't it have been so great for just this episode to uh, get rid of the taglines for the current cast and just have taglines from Kim, Brandy, Camille, Adrian, uh, all the women that showed up? I mean, wouldn't you have loved to see just Adrian Maloof turn around and say something like, my Maloof poof is ready to step back in the spotlight? You know, something like that. Or or Brandy Glanville just, I don't know, twirling around and saying, I fucked Denise. I'm not sure about her tagline, but, you know, in Spitball in here, we can workshop that. Uh, I would have just loved to see. That would have been a great way, because this episode, I believe, was all about the throwbacks. And so, I don't know, it would have been a fun little thing. It didn't happen, though, but in my head it happened, and it was a beautiful thing, beautiful moment. Uh, I also want to say something about last week. So, I was watching the episode live, uh, Beverly Hills, and they aired last week's episode uh, right before, and last week there was a scene with Jennifer Tilly. Queen icon legend and actress Jennifer Tilly. She is apparently friends with Sutton, good friends with Sutton. And she was at the uh, trunk show that Sutton threw last week. And she had a scene where she sat down with the women, kind of shaded Denise or, you know, actors in general. And they didn't air it. They cut it, but they aired it in the, in the repeat showing of it this week. And I just couldn't believe that they cut a Jennifer Tilly scene. The disrespect. The disrespect was there, and uh, you know Jennifer Tilly, I reach out to you, and I, I salute you for your service. But I can't believe they cut you out. How devastating! Let's get her back in. She's good friends with Sutton. Throw her back in. You know, I don't know. And that better air when they put these episodes on the Peacock or wherever they're streaming these days. They better put that Jennifer Tilly scene in, and it better air for the all future airings of this show. Did you guys download that Peacock? They have Bethany Ever After on there. They have all the episodes of Bethany Getting Married, which was her first season spinoff, and then the two seasons of Bethany Ever After. And let me tell you, you guys got to watch it. You have to watch it. It's chilling, bone chilling. So, so good. And by the way, season three, I haven't even been able to watch because they have been scrubbed from the internet. You had to find them on the dark web at a certain point. Um, so having them all available is just... It's good. The first, Bethany getting married, it's just like kind of okay, but it's important to watch to see the whole arc of that relationship because it, because shocking. And then by season three, they're like getting lost at sea with the therapist and then they hate each other. They just loathe, by season three, they loathe each other. They look at each other with such disgust and uh, nothing's, I talk about that movie, A Marriage Story. Remember that Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver movie? That is nothing. The darkness in a marriage story is nothing compared to Bethany Ever After season three. Nothing. Technically season two. I, it's unclear because I don't, we don't have to get into semantics. Um, where, what were we even talking about here? Oh, uh, the Real Houses of Beverly Hills. So we open this week with a very dramatic, beautifully shot scene of a woman going uh, to a beach house. And I'm not even sure who's going to be in this scene. And then it's revealed it's Kyle going to Camille's house in Malibu. And they really brought out the budget for this scene. They really did. The budget on Beverly Hills' season, getting all these people back. I don't know what what the budget is on Beverly Hills, but they are really giving it to us on screen. And it's a beautiful thing to watch. That cinematography on that scene of Kyle arriving at Camille's house. Stunning. 
So Kyle arrives, and I can't even believe Camille's back because she malfunctioned last season, and no one liked her. But she's in this new Malibu home, and it's a gorgeous house. And that there's no shade because that house is stunning for anyone. But did you guys not feel a little bit, a little bit like thinking, this seems small for Camille? I know you all thought that because her other houses were always, you know, that other house was a fucking mansion. Didn't she have a place in Hawaii too? I know she had a huge house and she didn't need that space. But seeing this house on the beach, which was, I would dream, my dream of dreams is to live there. But I was looking at it thinking like, wow, Camille's really slumming it. And that just goes to show, you know, some of the amazing places she's lived. But Kyle... She's like, look, Camille, like, we have a history together. I want us to be friends, but you've been tweeting everyone crazy. And the last time we all saw you, you were nuts yelling at all of us. You even called Denise a drunk on Twitter. And Camille's like, well, I'm sorry about the mean tweets. She said that in her confessional, too. I'm sorry about the mean tweets. And I looked up her age just to see what we're dealing with here. And this is a 51-year-old woman apologizing for mean tweets on a TV show. And that's a beautiful thing. It's beautiful. Uh, but she got a confessional at home. What's going on here? Why is Camille getting a confessional at home? I like to see it. It just was not something that I was expecting because we haven't seen Camille in ages. And here she is getting a confessional at home. Are they bringing her in more? Why? You know, Kim on the last episode or, or the one before, we saw her surgery journey. Kim had a storyline, Kim Richards, and she didn't get a confessional. So what's the deal here? How did Camille get herself a confessional? What? What did she do to get that? And is it something that's coming? Are we going to see something with Camille later on? Because right now, it seems like none of the women want to even have any relationship with Camille. So I'm not sure. Then we have a scene where Denise and Rena get together for lunch. And by lunch, I mean one order of skinny fries and a glass of grapefruit juice, because that's what they had between them. That was the order. Uh, Those fries looked amazing, too. I love a French fry. Uh, But they show... They show a montage of Denise bringing up the threesome talk, and Rinna calls her out again, and Rinna says, your energy's not matching what you're saying. I feel like you're hostile about this situation, but you're saying you're over it. And the producers keep trolling Denise, and they show this footage. They even trolled her later on with the paparazzi, where Denise kept bringing up the paparazzi, and then the producers show the footage of no paparazzis. And so that leads me to believe that everyone on the production staff is team everyone else. Right, there's they're seemingly against Denise. But look, I'm tired of all this Denise stuff. I, I get it. Like I, I understand why the women are upset. I get that. But it should have been one episode. It should have been one episode that we're dealing with this. We all move on. Denise wants to move on too. She's she seems over it. We're all over it. But that's what Beverly Hills does. And if it weren't for seeing everyone else, I would be really disgusted by this constant bringing up the Denise threesome thing. But at least seeing everyone else. And I also just want to get to the meat of it. Like, Brandy's finally on screen. So, like, let's get the story of what happened with them instead of all this, like, Denise doesn't want to talk about the threesome. Like, enough. Enough. Taylor Armstrong, enough. By the way, where was she? Where Was was she in a suitcase? Where was Taylor Armstrong this episode? Did no one invite her to this party? I don't know. I would have liked to see her. Then we cut to Kyle and Glenn and the morally cup corrupt Faye Resnick. Now, this is a trio for the ages. Glenn is seemingly getting very comfortable on camera. Did you see the way he was sitting? He's there to plan the party. But Glenn is getting very comfortable. When we first saw Glenn, the first season, he was he was up, he was on his toes. He was practically running around Kyle's house 
like a chicken with his head cut off, making sure every last detail of her parties was perfect. And this season, season 10, Glenn is just sitting back. He had his arm arm up on the seat, and he was slouching back. He's getting very comfortable uh, planning this party. The party looked amazing, but, you know, I'm onto this Glenn. I love Glenn. And I'm seeing him just getting super cozy in front of that red light. Uh, but Dorit arrives. They're planning this uh, auction party for a children's hospital. And Dorit arrives in a that girl haircut. Now, some of you know what I'm talking about. You youngins won't know what I'm saying. But uh, Dorit arrived with this haircut, and I loved, I loved it. I lo- you know I love Dorit this season. Um, but they talk about Denise. And again, if Denise is ignoring everything, why don't they all just ignore it? Let's ignore it and move on. But no one else seems to have anything going on, right? They don't have a lot of other storylines happening. So they're all latching on to Denise's conversation with her daughters or whatever the fuck they're talking about. Uh, then we get a scene with Garcelle, her producing partner. They're at um, a meeting with Lena, a potential director for a movie. Garcelle's a hustler, and I want to see... Uh, one of the women at the production company or wherever they were suggested that Garcelle direct this movie, and I thought, oh my god, that's what I want to see. Garcelle needs to direct. She seems like she'd be a good director, because she's no-nonsense. She, she, I, she, I feel in my bones she'd be a good director. I also listened to her podcast, and she just gave me like, I don't know, in charge vibes, if that makes any sense. Um, but I love seeing all the women in the conference room. I love the fact that these, this was a group of like seven women in Hollywood planning a project, and that made me just feel I got chills a little bit because so often in this stupid town that we all, uh, or that you know makes movies. It's always like a bunch of straight white men in a room talking about the movie they're making, and we're all tired of seeing those movies. And so the idea that we had, I don't know, five or six or whatever uh, amount of women of different colors and backgrounds, I was really excited about that. I was like, those are the kind of movies we need to see on screen. We've seen enough of the straight white men doing whatever they're doing. I don't need those stories on screen anymore. Okay. And Marvel needs to get, uh, were we talking about the Avengers? Like, we want to see other stories of superheroes. I want to see Alfrey Woodard in a cape. That's what I need. Um, then we cut to Kyle uh, getting ready. I got to say, I was expecting Mauricio to be stoned. And he was maybe stoned later on, but he, I, I was expecting him to show up in the bathroom as Kyle was getting ready. Uh, there was one thing I noticed as Kyle was getting ready, and that is this laugh that she does. And I really, I, w- I thought about this laugh. For a while, overnight, actually, I slept on it, and I, it was like haunting my dreams. But Kyle's got this laugh that feels like a fake laugh, but yet it's like her natural laugh. It's like when Kyle thinks something's really funny, it's her natural laugh. But to anyone else, it'd be a, it's like a, ah! it's like a, <laughs> sorry, and look, not everyone, uh, we all have different laughs, right? That's the beauty of it. But Kyle does a very machine gun kind of, should I wear a long white sexy dress or a black tuxedo suit from my line? Say my line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's something special and it's her natural state. And I don't know, I was thinking the uh, psychology behind it because I was like, well, she's a child actor. And so she, she always had a fake laugh on camera. So then. It's almost like her brain kind of switched a fake laugh with a... (laughs) I had this friend in college who was always desperate to be liked, 
And he always would do this fake laugh anytime anyone would say something, like whether it was funny or not. We could be in a dining hall or we could be at a frat party. And no matter what anyone say, he would do this really obnoxious laugh. So somebody would be like, oh, yeah, I got an A on my exam today. And he'd be like, oh, an A. <laughs> It's like, it was like, calm down. Calm down. Like, what are you laughing at? And it was a constant, no matter what anyone say, like, hey, pass the Purell. Oh, the Purell. <laughs> it was very, it was like Ramona and Sonia when they do their, like, their laugh together. That's how, that was like his resting place. It was just that, uh, that fake laugh. <laughs> um, but let's see. Then we see uh, PK and Dorit getting ready. Uh, PK is, oh, Dorit's in this, like, kind of, like, this dress that was stunning, but it had a lot of, like, beads, beadwork, and PK at one point said, give me a shake, and then she kind of just shaked, and I was so disgusted. I was so disgusted. This was, of course, before the scene where I really fell in love with PK. Um, so this was a scene where I was really not interested in PK at all, and he said, give me a shake, and I was, like, really so disgusted by those words, just give me a shake. Just, I, I was like, I never heard something so disgusting on screen. I vomited in my mouth a little bit, and I don't know what it was. His delivery of that line with Denise, or with Dorit in the beautiful dress, a beautiful gal, Dorit. She looks stunning. And then looking over at PK, and his, his, he was wearing a black top, and just um, looking like PK. You know, I don't want to judge anyone on their looks, but he was looking like PK. And he said, give me a shake. And I thought, Mm-mm, no, I can't do it. I just, that was when I almost checked out. And then, of course, 180. And I fell in love with him later in the episode, but seeing him tell his young, beautiful, stunning wife, give me a shake. Just thought that's the patriarchy right there, isn't it? Telling her to give me a shake. How about you shake off uh, out of the scene, PK? Shake out of the scene. Get out of in front of the camera because we don't need to see that. Give her a shake. No one's going to ask PK for a shake. No one wants to see that unless he shakes right out, out in front of that camera. Get out of there. Um... Although I did love him later, so we'll get there. Uh, let's see, then... Um, oh, we got to the scene with Eileen in the limo. I was so happy to see Eileen. Uh, you know I love Eileen. If you didn't listen, I had Eileen on the show recently. She was great. Fantastic. We talk about all these iconic Beverly Hills moments. Uh, but she reveals right away, she said, oh, I'm, I changed my hair. I'm doing a new movie, a Christmas movie. But And she says, but not a Hallmark movie. She threw a little shade at Hallmark. She said, not a Hallmark movie. And then, of course, right away, Rena was like, well, you know, Denise is doing a Hallmark movie. And that was like her way of talking about Denise. And it just made me laugh. Um, then let's see. Oh, we see Kyle at her house. She's trying to get the whole house ready. She asked Maurice to turn on the blue light for the pool. And Maurice was like, look, I don't know. How, I'm trying everything to make it work. And Kyle's like, well, who are you going to call to make it work? And Maurice just says Ghostbusters. And I thought that's he's high. He's definitely stoned there. Definitely. And I like that side of him. So then it's revealed that this is a six-figure party. So really, they should have just donated all the money that they uh, had to throw this party. And that's a lot of money for a party. And I was a little confused. I was a little confused about the party because Kai was saying it cost six figures. But so she's not... She literally... Did it cost over $100,000 to throw this party for out of pocket? That seems like a lot of money. I don't know. It seemed like a lot of money to be just thrown for a party, like that should just go to the charity, right? Or at a certain point, wouldn't you scale down so that the party didn't cost that much? And so you would raise more money for the charity? Look, I'm not a mathematician, but it just seemed like there could have been some better semantics or some better 
some better number work here. You know, somebody should have cooked the books a little bit so that we weren't spending six figures on the charity event and then not donating that much money to the children's hospital because those children need it. They need it. So let's give them all the money. She could have just had like a nice little night. You know, she didn't have to throw six figures is a lot. Does Glenn charge that much? How much is Glenn? Did his rate go up since he's been doing this show? He's getting so comfortable on camera now. He's charging through the roof. Out the wazoo to hire Glenn for the, that's probably why I cost six figures. I didn't see six figures at this party. I did not. I, it seemed not to me like six figures. So what's Glenn charging? Where's his invoice? I need to look at it. If anyone has access to Glenn's invoice, please send it. Email it. Uh, Camille arrives at this party. She's with Kimber, who's the new DD. Uh, Kimber and DD. I want to sit them down and just have a talk about Camille. I want to know their story. Everyone has a story. What's their story? Everyone has a story different as night and day. And everyone has their own journey. Some follow their path. Some wander away. So there's a silent auction and then there's going to be a loud auction. The silent auction has Coachella tickets, which made me laugh a little bit and also cry then later in the shower about the fact that there's no Coachella because we're all in the middle of a pandemic. Everything's closed. Um, at this point in my head, I was thinking, um, I had forgotten that Teddy was on the show. So Teddy had showed up to this party and I was like, oh, she's on the show. And it was like a shock. It was like uh, everything in my body just sort of perked up and I was like, oh, this person's on this show. Um, and then we have a nice moment between Rinna and Camille where Rinna just walks right up to Camille and says, hey, you were an asshole on Twitter and nice to see you, but you were an asshole on Twitter. And Camille's just like, okay. Okay. Because Camille knows. She's like, she said earlier in the episode, I was an asshole on Twitter. So look, these two don't like each other. She knows she was an asshole. Uh, Eileen's advice to Camille then was have a drink and fuck it. And I really got excited because Eileen's title card, all the, a lot of the women at this party, their title cards were just their names. So Eileen's just said Eileen. And New York's not doing that. Remember we said last week on New York, Jill Zarin's title card said Jill Zarin, friend of Luann. And that's disrespectful to our her story here. But Eileen's just said Eileen. Uh, all the women really hate Camille. There was one scene where Camille was eating uh, sushi or something with Kimber. And is that her legal name too, Kimber? Do we know that? I don't know. Somebody, if we have her driver's license on file, maybe we could take a look. Um, but Kimber and Camille were just eating and the cameraman was on them and they weren't speaking. And I wondered how long was the cameraman forced to just film Camille eating with Kimber because they weren't even having a conversation. Uh, Garcelle arrives with Michael, her new boyfriend, who she met uh, eight days ago. Or they met 22 years ago, but they've only started dating for eight eight days. And they seem like they had a little bit of a connection, like holding hands at a party on camera. That seemed fast to me. And I wondered, they must have chemistry, right? Because eight days, I was trying to think, I don't know if I, um, if I, I don't know. I don't know if that would have been me, but Chris Jenner arrives, uh, and she's on camera with Kathy, and this, this is when I just felt alive. I felt so excited. I, I don't know if I've ever felt this excited when we had Chris Jenner, we had Kathy, we had uh, Ken, Kim, uh, Brandy, we had Camille, we had Adrian Malifouf, we had Paul. Paul and Adrian had a scene. They had a moment where they were talking. Uh, the Malouf was talking to the other uh, Paul Nassif. Uh, of botched fame and his new, um, his new girlfriend or wife. That was the moment that I was so glad they added that in and kept it in. 
because it was beautiful to just see what their relationship like is now or it is like now. Um, I'm interested in Adrian because uh, I she seems to have had a journey, and I would like to know exactly like what that journey's been like. And that's the problem when we kick these women off the show because although oftentimes we're ready to see a housewife go, we miss a lot of their journey. And Adrian seemingly just from seeing her for just a couple seconds seems like she's been on quite a journey. And so I would like to know what what that is. I know we could get you know how Oprah used to do that? I don't know if she's still doing those, the where are they nows for the YouTube channel or or own. I'd like a where are they now on Adrian. Like a sit down five minute interview. I don't need more than maybe t- five to ten minutes. Maybe I could get her on the show. I guess that's why I have a fucking podcast, isn't it? Maybe I need to get that uh, Maloof on the line. Um, but let's see. Um, Denise and Big Dick Aaron arrive. Uh, Adrian and Brandy said hi to Denise. This was just a weird trio I wasn't expecting. Uh, Denise seemed a little bit embarrassed of Brandy right off the bat. Did you catch this? I felt like she was giving a little bit of embarrassed about Brandy. Um, I was very excited to see Brandy back. I, you know, Kyle said that Brandy's misunderstood. They showed that video of Brandy, uh, on social media talking about, uh, you know, not being able to see your kids regularly. And I have, I, I do have a little bit of a soft spot for Brandy. And I, I, I liked seeing her. And I think she gives us great reality TV drama. Um, yes, she has said and done things that I do not, uh, approve of in the past, but, um, you know, it was it was interesting to see her, and I'm also very excited to see Brandy and Kim. I like that dynamic together. Uh, there was one point, though, we had all these women. I was so excited to see them interact, and then Kyle got on stage to do the auction, and I was very disappointed. I'm like, I don't need to see that. We don't need the, the loud auction taking the attention away. Although I did love, at one point, Chris Jenner just donated $25,000. A little Chris Jenner did a callback to Dana Pam. It was like a very subtle callback to... Dana pointing out the $25,000 sunglasses. And there was Chris Jenner just donating $25,000. And it was beautiful. By the way, um, Dana Pam had tweeted that she listened to the show or, or she said something about um, to, she had listened to this show before. So if she's listening, Dana Pam, we miss you on screen. Come back to us. She should have been at this event. We need to catch up. I just need to know what she's up to. Uh, so then... I don't know. Uh, Brandy, Teddy, and Denise at one point. Um, Brandy said to them, cheers, bitches. And that was another trio I wasn't expecting. It was all sensory overload. There was then, uh, at the end of the episode, a scene where Denise and Teddy, uh, they start to talk. Camille come o- comes over very awkwardly, and Teddy says, look, I don't trust anything you have to say. I don't have anything to get off my chest. I'm just not interested in you. And I, I respect this side of Teddy. Uh, I respect this side of her. I do. She's not interested. It doesn't necessarily make good TV when these housewives are like, I'm not talking to this person. Uh, It's what we would all do in real life, but not what we want to see on screen. So anyway, that's the end of the episode. Next week, we get uh, Brandy telling Aaron, uh, Big Dick Aaron and and Denise, she wants to be in a thruple with them. Uh, We get Rinna introducing the Italy trip. And that's, that's that. So let's talk about the Real Housewives in New York, shall we? Look, the weather's getting warmer, 
You got to ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you got to put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff. But luckily, I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos. Those are my personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 300 365-day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. Ah, oh, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. 
What's going on, Mama? <laughs> hey, oh my it's God, good, good to good. see you guys. You look fabulous. How, How are, are you? you? Hey, baby. Hey, oh my God. It's great to see Heather. I haven't seen her in ages, and I got to say, she's looking really hot. You look fabulous. I do. Love that. You've been singing and rocking and rolling and cabaret. Oh, my God. It's really good. She's very talented. Yeah. She has a damn pat. What? That's amazing. Yeah. You're well, complimenting Luann singing. Like, she that's a, does. She loves my show. her show. Oh. <laughs> okay, you guys. The Real Housewives in New York. I loved this episode, and I know I've been saying the show has been off the rails, and it was off the rails again. There's not a whole ton of storyline. I I think what I loved so much this week was that we have the old Lou back, so it feels a little bit like last season vibes about the Giovanni stuff, and I, I'm I'm very invested in all of that. Um, we're also at the Berkshires. We got Heather Ahala Thompson back. You know, my mama is my fave. I love her, and I think she was gone too soon. And I would just like to appreciate Heather for all that she's given us because I feel like she's not as appreciated as she should be uh, in the canon of the Real Housewives of New York. So, uh, hala, mama. Um, but also, just I, I don't know. I love this episode. It was chaotic, unhinged, again, uh, insane, a lot of insanity. But I was charmed by it. I was charmed by alcohol, the TV show this week. So, uh, let's talk about. Oh, before we get into the episode, though, you guys, did you see that cameo that Elise did? I don't know if any of you are online and, and caught this, but Elise, she had done one of those cameos, you know, those videos that people can order for friends to say happy birthday or whatever. And somebody had ordered one, and forgive me, um, on Twitter, uh, it was Heather Foley at Hotel Foxtrot. She had ordered this cameo from Elise. And I don't know if she had said, like, give me some scoop on Ramona. Well, so Elise is doing this cameo, and then all of a sudden she just reveals that uh, Ramona shits the bed during sex and leah comes in at the end of the cameo so apparently elise and leah were doing cameos together or hanging out together um and so then it created all this drama ramona had like instagram or something that it was so rude of them and then leah came back at ramona um if you follow the instagram account at comments by bravo you could see the comments between them but it's such fascinating drama and look shit has always been a part of the rails of new york ever since the the trip where they went, remember they pooped all over the floor. Ramona had left like shit stains all over the floor. Uh, and then, of course, this week's episode, Ramona had left a turd in the, the toilet. So they're always talking about dumps on the show. And so forgive me. Um, you know, I don't love to use that word on this podcast, but it's a, a storyline on the show, whether we like it or not. Um, Ramona's dumps have become a part of the fabric of The Real Houses in New York. And so we have to mention it. So apparently, at Ramona, she takes a dump every time she sleeps with a dude or something. I, I, I'm not sure, but you can follow this drama. It's very fascinating. Check out the cameo, because it's wild. It's wild. Um, so we got to talk about this week. So we ended last week on a to-be-continued. Remember, Luann, they were all drunk. Luann was yelling, you're done, you're done to Sonia. She's never doing the, the cabaret show again. This week, we open with a close-up of the fish on the floor. And it said 40 minutes later. And that was when I knew I was in for a treat. You know, when they give us the time stamp, I love a time stamp on the show. And then to just see the fish on the floor, we're all thinking, how'd that get there? And we know that it's because they were all wasted. And these women, I hope they're all watching these episodes and thinking, maybe I need to do at least seven less drinks, you know, next time we film. Um, but the dinner arrives. They had ordered takeout. Ben, the delivery guy, this gem of a man arrives and Ramona makes him walk through the house. 
walk through the Bircher's house, and she talks about croissants and about how she's hot. She says to Ben, I know I look thin, but I love to eat. And Ben's just like, I'm here to drop this off. I just wanted to leave it at the door. Um, but I was happy that Ben got his close-up, because you know what? After having to deal with all of that, I was glad they kept the footage in, so Ben could at least go home, or I hope this week he was pointing out to his friends saying, I'm on this show, The Real Housewives of New York. And then they got an extended scene of Ben, who was just a delivery driver delivering these women's food. Um, they all uh, go downstairs. Apparently, they had gone upstairs, got dressed for dinner. They look amazing, but they're all wasted again. Dorinda arrives in what I believe to be a gay pride dress. I mean, she was really an ally in that dress. It was a lot of colors, a lot of sparkles. Really loved it. Um, Len is plating all the food. Ramona said you know, to Len, wow, 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 beyond wow. She said, Len was like the elf. She put all the plates on the table. And I'm not sure what kind of Christmas celebration Ramona's doing, but I don't believe that to be elf work, just putting plates on a table. You know, yeah, they make toys, they help Santa, um, but I don't believe that Len was like an elf. What the fuck was she saying like an elf for? Ramona was even that, out of all the women, Ramona was the most sober, I'd say. And she was saying Len's like an elf? What the fuck does that mean? What the fuck does she mean by that? Just like an elf. Maybe I heard it wrong. Maybe she didn't say elf, but I heard elf. So that's what I'm taking to be true. And I don't know what kind of elf Ramona's working with or what kind of, I don't know, Christmas uh, traditions Avery had in the singer household growing up. But I don't know elves that just set the table and feed a bunch of drunk women. That's not part of, uh, you know, Will Ferrell didn't do that in the movie. Um, I'll say that. Um, but look, Sonia and Luann, they still have all this tension. Sonia says to Lou, you look hot, but here's the thing. And you knew it was going to be a crazy mess. And I thought it was going to be a crazy mess between Sonia and Lou, but then Dorinda steps in. Food all over the mouth. Dorinda's always got the food on the mouth. Always. She just had it all, every place but the inside of her mouth, she had food. And Dorinda is sticking up for Sonia. Uh, Ramona says that Sonia was the one who was doing cabaret years before Luann did. And they talk about the cabaretesque, which we've said. Sonia did... Again, years before Luann decided to make money doing the cabaret, and they show a clip of it. And the cabaret was amazing. It was beautiful. It was crazy and insane. Um, but I do believe that Luann sort of stole that whole bit and idea from Sonia. She did. Whether we like it or not, yeah, it morphed because Luann didn't just do like offhand, off-brand rhymes. You know, she did her singing, and I use that in quotation marks. But Luann did steal it from Sonia. It's a fact. But Dorinda sticks up. Dorinda says to Luann, you need to bow down a bit. Although she says, you need to bow down a little bit. Um, Len is, meanwhile, plating all the food. Sonia has the biggest plate of food. She took a bite of that pasta later on that gave me a belly laugh. Sonia, I said on this show, I said, maybe Sonia should just be a friend of next season. But when I saw her take that big-ass bite of pasta, and by the way, I just want to say, I got a lot of heat for saying that Sonia should maybe just be a friend of. And here's the thing with Sonia, I think she would work best as a friend of, and I think a lot of these women oftentimes do work best as friends of. I still want them on the trips, and I still want them in all the group scenes, but I think that gives them a chance to shine a little bit more, and we always want you want what you can't have a little bit, and less is more a lot of times. So I think that's a good thing. It was Luann's best season when, it was when she was a friend of, and so... You know, that's what I'll say. But when she took that bite of pasta, Sonia, it was the biggest bite. And I don't even know how to explain it. It was just a good belly laugh. Um, uh, Dorinda, meanwhile, is yelling, shame on you, shame on you, you drunken fool. She's saying to Luann, you have a mugshot of your drunkenness. And it was real rich watching her slur those words to Luann. 
Um, I, I, Leah pointed out correctly. She said, we're all one drink away from a mugshot. So Luann said enough. She walks away. She says, I'm packing. I'm leaving. Getting out of this place. Uh, she was trying to cry. She wasn't really crying. It's not real crying. You know, Luann was trying to pop out a tear. She did her best as she was packing that bag. She was, I feel like she must have had her hand in her pocket and was like, you know, poking herself and trying to get a tear out, but it didn't work. Uh, Meanwhile, Dorinda went back into the kitchen and poured herself the largest glass of straight vodka that I've ever seen. It was such a huge glass of just vodka. And then Luann comes down with her luggage. One of her luggage bags is just a Giovanni bag. Dorinda says, I, she uses the Giovanni thing, which I gave her. And look, Dorinda says, Luann never thanked her. She sings about feeling Giovanni, uh, but she never thanked me. And I think we were done with the Giovanni thing. I thought they had made up and forgotten about it, but apparently here, still under the surface bubbling. Bubbling up under that surface is the Giovanni-ness of it all. And it's back, and I wasn't expecting it to come back, but it did. Um, Dorinda says that Lou, uh, never said thank you. And she said, uh, the Giovanni suits you. It's $400. She said as Luann was exiting the Berkshire's house. And I didn't know what this meant exactly. Was that, it was that implying that the Giovanni's too cheap and it suits her? I didn't Cause $400 to me, maybe I, uh, you know, $400 seems like a lot for a dress, but you know, what do I know? I guess rich people buy more expensive things. <laughs> um, that's simple math, Danny. But I didn't know exactly, is that, I, that's, I'm assuming what it meant was that $400, it suits you, meaning, you know, like it's too cheap. Um, which I'm sure Giovanni didn't like that. But you know what, Giovanni, whoever you are, I don't know who, a man or woman, whoever the Mr. Giovanni is, they've gotten enough, enough out of this show. So I didn't even feel bad if they were calling those dresses cheap. I didn't feel bad that they got enough press from this fucking show. Um, but when Dorinda yelled that she spit food at her. I saw it. I it, I didn't even have to freeze frame it or go slow motion. That food came right out of her mouth. Um, came right out. And then, uh, look, Leah chased after Lou. Dorinda went inside to smoke a cigarette. Sonia fell on the floor. It's a lot of insanity. Luann starts crying outside. A Roni whiplash is in full effect. Um, Luann tells Leah and then Ramona that she's just so upset. Um, Sonia and Elise uh, are talking. They're drunk. Sonia says, I want to go to bed. What time is it? It's eight o'clock. I mean, it's truly, I, I don't even know how to recap. I know I'm going fast throughout all of this stuff, but so much is happening on New York. And sometimes it's hard. Beverly Hills is a different kind of show to recap because it moves so slow at a snail's pace. And on New York, it's like, I don't even know. There's no real storyline, so I don't even know what else to say. It's just like, they're all getting drunk, falling over. And just when I think, you know, I, I said this week, I loved it. And just when I think we're kind of getting a storyline, you know, we're getting this Giovanni stuff back and how Dorinda is mad at Luann for not thanking her about the Giovanni stuff. And so I think I'm like hooking on to that. And then all of a sudden we cut to the next day. Len is making breakfast. Uh, not like an elf. She's just making breakfast. And poor Len. Not justice for Len, for real. Uh, but then Ramona and Dorinda, they're up and up and at them like nothing happened. Ramona says, good morning. And Dorinda says, hey, how you doing? And I'm thinking, how are these women okay? Like, Dorinda had the biggest fucking glass of vodka. How is she just uh, perky as ever uh, talking to Ramona in the breakfast nook while Len is cooking something? Yeah, she did feel bad. She did feel bad, but I wouldn't even be able to open my eyes. I don't even know how they're up. Um, but Sonia and Lise, they're in bed. Sonia says, all things are forgiven when partying. 
And so just when I'm thinking we're hooking on to the storyline, everyone's just dropping it uh, like a, at the drop of a hat. The storyline is no more. Dorinda calls Luann, who's at the hotel. Luann doesn't even care. They all just say, Dorinda says, guess who? And then Luann says, hey, D. Like, they're not even mad. Dorinda said the meanest things to Luann. She said, you got a mugshot over your drink drunkenness. The meanest things. If somebody said that to me, I'd be crying for a week. I wouldn't leave the bed. Be crying for a week. And then here's Luann just saying, Hey D, hey D, what's up? <laughs> she goes back. She goes back to this hellscape that is Bluestone Manor where everyone just Luann has never had a good stay at Bluestone Manor. She had to stay in the fish room the one year. Bethany called her a whore that one time. I mean Luann, I the fact that she keeps coming back to Bluestone Manor and acting like everything's okay. They say Luann's like Teflon, right? Everything just slides right off of her. I mean, she truly just does not give a shit. She just said to Dorinda, I love you. She says, I don't know what happened. And then Dorinda says, Rosé happened. And that's not a fact. Because we saw the vodka. I didn't see one gla- not one glass of Rosé. Not one glass. I watched this. I watched the beginning I, uh, twice. Because I watched it before. And then when it aired, I watched it. I watched the first half, you know. And I don't remember seeing one glass of Rosé. Not one lick of Rosé. None of it. And Dorinda said, Rosé happened. And... To that, I say vodka happen. But they all just move on. And that's why I love New York. That's also why this season's very frustrating, but I loved it. I loved it. And uh, look, I know I'm, I'm uh, maybe not making any sense of why I loved this episode so much, but I did. Thank you, Giovanni. So Luann decides to hang out with the women again. They all go shopping. And on the way to the shopping, they talk about how peaceful it is. And I'm like, peaceful? We all just saw this chaos in the last night. And here you all talking about how peaceful this place is. And then they go to a furniture store. Luann and Sonia make up. It's revealed that Leah and Lou made out. Why didn't we see that footage? I'm not sure. Um, then, uh, the women go to wine and cheese shop, which I gotta say nothing better. You guys know I love some cheese. I love some wine and cheese. Nothing better than a charcuterie plate, um, which is neither here nor there, but I just have to say that I have to go on record. Uh, I would love to be at this, uh, wine and cheese shop. It's revealed that Colin Cowie, Dorinda's friend, he's like, I guess an entertainer. She, he gave her a cheese list. Uh, suddenly we're in a Nancy Myers movie before we were in a Michael Bay, Todd Phillips film. And now all of a sudden we're in a Nancy Myers flick. And that's the beauty of Roni. They give us levels. They give us layers. Uh, Sonia. Oh, Sonia had a new at-home confessional where, again, she looks flawless. She looks stunning. I don't know what Sonia did at her post-alcohol retreat, but she looks stunning. Um, she talks about Frenchie. Uh, that guy, that guy Frenchie wanted her to move to France. <laughs> um, then it's, uh, we get back to another type of movie when Leah says that she peed on a prince. She peed on a prince, and she said, when am I going to have a chance to pee on a prince? And she's not wrong. When am I going to have a... Would you do it if you had one chance? I'm not, I, maybe. She's not wrong. Uh, Luann says then, uh, in response... On a prince? Yeah. No, I haven't peed on a prince. <laughs> I've had prince boyfriends, but i never peed on yeah. one. Well, that's clean fun. I really love these women, and they decide to start drinking again. Again. Now, here's the thing. If I were to drink that much... I might start drinking in the morning, right, to curb the hangover. If I knew I had to, like, film or something, I think I would be like, okay, like, I'll have a mimosa with breakfast. Because otherwise, like, I'll just be asleep. That'd be the only time I'd say, you know, I'll start drinking. But the mechanics of the fact that they went shopping in the morning and then come back to drinking in the late afternoon, that's when, to me, I'd feel the most turned off by alcohol. 
and everyone's different. Everybody's different. But it seems sh- shocking to me that these women, in the late afternoon of a after a drunken night, they decide to start drinking again. But that's why we love them. So then we cut to dinner. The table setup is beautiful. Uh, Ramona, as she's getting ready, clogged the toilet with her her dump, and then uh, she didn't want Dorinda to know because she thought she'd rage at her. Sonia's in a bubble bath. Oh, the comedy of Sonia Morgan in a bubble bath. Loved it. Um, Ramona, uh, <laughs> Ramona and Leah try to get the turd out. Leah's good in confessionals, I gotta say. She's got a quick wit. I really do. I know we don't want to compare her to Bethany, but she's got a quicker wit than most of these women, and I really appreciate that. Oh, did you guys see how Ramona brought a bath breathalyzer to this trip? I thought she said I thought it'd be kind of fun to bring a breathalyzer, and I just thought it was so funny that Ramona literally is breathalyzing these old drunk biddies. And I loved it. I loved it. She brought a fucking breathalyzer to alcohol the TV show. And she kind of played it off as a joke, but I was thinking, like, I don't know that this is really a joke. I feel like these women need to be breathalyzed on camera. I feel like production might have done it as, like, an insurance. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, in order to insure these women, they have to maintain a, a level under than what they've been operating at. You know, because, you know, on camera, I don't know if you guys know this, but on, on screen, whether you're acting or in a reality show, they have to get insurance. And so, the fact that these women are drinking so much... I would imagine is a little bit of an insurance uh, problem. You know, Sonia's just falling at the table. She's fell twice now at the dinner table. This year and last year, she just fell. She had to call the ambulance last season. So I'd imagine insurance, uh, it's a problem. And so I think that the producers are like, hey, Ramona, you're the most sober. And again, I just like to say she's not very sober, but she's the most sober. Um, and so they gave her breath lives. Like, we, we need you to make it a plot point. And you can make it funny, whatever you got to do, uh, but we need you to get their blood alcohol limits because uh, we're not going to be able to keep filming unless we keep them under the amount that you've all been operating at. And so that's what I believe to be true. And they played it off as like a fun joke, but mm, I don't buy it. Uh, Dorinda's sister Melinda shows up. We love Melinda. Love Melinda. Ugh, give her an apple. Let's get her an apple. I want more Melinda. She only pops in and out for seconds. Remember she showed up as Santa that one season? Now, if anyone knows how to do elves, elf work, it's Melinda. We saw her Santa, so she knows. I'd like to hear the conversation between her and Len and Ramona, breaking all that down. Um, but Luann, they're all looking amazing, but Luann looked like a sexy librarian for this dinner. Um, and they all look stunning, though. But Luann, I don't know what she's doing. She's got that new skincare. They sent it to me, actually. Luann's new skincare kit. I haven't tried it yet. But I'm very excited because I think Luann looks better than ever. Better than ever this season. Uh, Leah texts with the bartender she met. She said she's desperate for dick. We've all been there, especially in this pandemic. Um, I know a lot of people relate to that. And she says, I love a hot bartender. They're a therapist. They're eye candy. And they get, tr- they get you drunk. What's not to love? And I got to say, I love a bartender, too. I always did. I know I'm with someone now, but you know, I used to love a bartender. They, do, they get you a good drink. And I, I don't know. I always just, I've had a, one or two fun bartenders in my day, you know? Uh, then Sam and Lyle show up. Dorinda's friend Sam and Lyle. Sam is hot. Didn't anyone catch this man? I don't know if it's the pandemic talking, but uh, Sam is a good-looking man. A good-looking couple, those two, Sam and Lyle. Bravo to the. I don't know if they're a couple or if they're... Who knows? Um, but let's find Sam's at. Somebody, you know, let's find his at. Uh, Sonia, 
She's talking to Len while everyone's arriving. She's telling Len about her back fat. And Len's like, look, you look beautiful. But I just like the fact that Sonia was just talking to Len about her back fat. She's like, feel my back fat. (laughs) I've done that. We've all done that. I I don't know. (laughs) Do you ever find yourself doing that? Like you meet someone for the first time and I don't know. I have food issues too. So that's a tale for another time. But uh, food and body issues I've had since I was a teen. And uh, oftentimes, you know, I find myself obsessing over food and body stuff. And it's not a good thing, right? We've talked about that on the show before. It's something that uh, I just haven't been able to get over. But sometimes I'll I'll think like, oh, I've, I'm over those food and body image issues. And then all of a sudden, I'll find myself at like a dinner party after one glass of Pinot Grigio, and I'll be having someone grab my back fat. And it's like, oh, yeah, not, not, done. not done with those issues quite yet. You know what I'm saying? Um, but let's see. Erica um, is Elisa's... Uh, what do we call her? Her alter ego. Uh, Elise has an alter ego from her Wall Street days. She's a party girl. And I want to know where this is Erica. I feel like Elise has got this very interesting side to her that I just want to see more of. And I'm just screaming at the screen and saying, where's Erica? Give us Erica. Give us Erica. She makes out with girls, Leah says. Just as she's saying that, Heather arrives with John. Ah, I loved it. She gave us a little mama too. She said, what's going on, mama? What's going on, Mama? We need Heather because Heather's like a, a stable presence, but she also knows how to confront people. She's we need her on the show, and I know people didn't care for Heather, but I love her. I love her, and we I miss her. This show has gone off the rails. We need someone not so crazy. Holla! I know Colin Cowie. Did you hear? He's apparently bisexual, and Sonia says to him, "Watch out, we're horny." And I, I I don't know this Colin Cowie. I want to know more about him too. I'm very interested in this man. Uh, Elise starts getting drunk. Luann's hitting on Colin now. They're all having the dinner. Oh, Sam, my new boyfriend, Sam, he says to uh, Ramona at the table, you know, you should hop online if you want to date someone. And Ramona says to Sam, look, we're the top 1%. We're not finding that online. And Sam says to her, well, I'm not the top 1%. And he says, don't you just want a good man? And Ramona says, if you're more successful than the man, they can't get hard. Now, look, I, there's some truth into what Ramona's saying, but she's such an asshole. <laughs> she's such an asshole. And also, Sam was right. You shouldn't, you just want to find a good man. And it's like, that's the problem with Ramona is that she's going around telling people she's the top 1%, like a monster. But there was some truth in the fact that I think they're the men that Ramona is looking for, which aren't the right men. But those men that we keep seeing them, these women go after, or Ramona specifically go after, I do think those are the worst kind of men in the fact that they can't handle a successful woman. And that, to me, should be the sign that you should chase after, or not chase, but you should date other men, right? Like, you shouldn't want to be with those men. But see, Ramona takes it as like, those are the men I want to be with, but they're just the worst, and they can't handle a successful woman. Um, I don't know. Those men are the worst. Anyway, then we cut to... Let's see. Uh, Post dinner, they're all drunk. Sonia says, Sonia in the city, Melinda in the Berkshires. And that's a duo that I want to see more from. I know. Let's have those two remake Velma and Louise, Sonia and Melinda. I would, I would watch a spinoff, Sonia and Melinda. Sonia in the city, Melinda in the Berkshires. Let's see that. Uh, Dorinda toasts Leah. She says, Leah's a mini her. Uh, Leah's uh, response to that was, I'm so happy I'm the only one with my period. And I love Leah. <laughs> I love her on the show. Love her on the show. Uh, Erica and Leah kiss, uh, meaning Elise and Leah. Ramona and Heather, they, they breathalyze. The bartender arrives. 
And look, I was very into this idea of this bartender arriving until I realized he was maybe wearing a Livestrong bracelet, which I'm just not sure what year he came from. Um, 2006 or 2008? I, that's when we were last wearing Livestrong bracelets. But it might have just been a yellow bracelet. To that, I say, maybe rethink the bracelet work before you leave the house, because I thought it was a Livestrong bracelet. And look, I'm not here to um, school everyone on what happened with that, and um, specifically the gentleman who, um, what was that man? I'm not sure. Didn't was didn't he have some sort of controversy? I'm, we're not here to get into the Livestrong bracelet era, but I'm just saying it was shocking to see, and I thought he maybe hopped off a DeLorean into this scene because I haven't seen that since 2018 or 2008, 2008. Um, Dorinda steals the bartender though and just starts talking about her her family. She says, "My father was a telephone man. I waitressed my whole life. My grandmother was baptized here in the city. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff." A lot, again, they just get drunk again. A lot's happening. Luann gives a speech and thanks Dorinda for a wonderful time at the Berkshires. And I thought, huh? What? A wonderful time? Like, she was just calling you drunk and talking about your mugshot and you had to leave the home to go stay at a hotel. And you're talking about a wonderful time, Luann, in a speech? What? <laughs> what? Leah then pulled the bartender aside and I, I hope they hooked up that night. I hope Leah got what she was looking for. I really hope that for her. I wanted that for her. I was like... I really did want that for I like I'm really loving Leah. I'm loving her this season. Uh and the takeaway from this Berkshire's trip was that they all had a good time. What a show. What a show. Len even ended the episode dancing. Our our, our poor Len just dancing. Next time we get Lou at a meeting, we get more Ramona and Mario. We get more fourth wall breaking with Ramona. Um a lot of good stuff. Oh, they broke the fourth wall on Beverly Hills too. Did you see when Rina Rinna said that Denise is using the show to rehab her image from last season. I'm loving that Bravo's diving into this. It's a great thing. Great thing. So that's the episode. One more thing I got to talk about. I, I don't know if you guys saw this show. Um, this has nothing to do with Bravo. Nothing to do with Housewives. But I just got to talk about that Netflix show with Zac Efron. You guys, what is going on? Did anyone watch? I watch every episode. There's a lot of bro work happening. He's wearing RVCA in every frame of that show. He's wearing that in every frame. Uh, he is the least interesting host of a TV show I've ever seen, although he's stunningly beautiful. That body, that face, those eyes. I mean, that's a good-looking man. Um, but I don't know if you saw the Padma show. Uh, Padma? Uh, is it Pad- Padma or Padma? Uh, Lakshmi on Hulu called Taste the Nation. It's a similar show. Right, it's a similar show. Zach says a little bit more about like the environment, whereas hers is just about food. Um, but I watched them back to back, and hers, Taste the Nation, was so good, and she's so interested as she's talking to people and she's asking these really great questions, and really seems invested in getting to know these human beings that she's speaking with on the, her her show that she's hosting. And Zach on his show, he's paired up with this other straight man who seems knowledgeable, but he's not saying anything on camera. Like, he's not interested in being there or asking any questions. And neither is Zach. Zach's really not asking anything. He just goes and does these things. He's like, oh, that was cool, bro. Yeah, bro, that was cool. Oh, that was fun, bro. Yeah, bro. Oh, tight, bro. Sweet, bro. And it's like, <laughs> just do, so doing all that. He's not asking one question. Like, there's these really interesting people that he'll meet up with who are environmentalists or or running these great companies and organizations or schools that are for children in, in remote places. And Zach's, yeah, bro. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Tight, bro. 
yeah, sweet, bro. What is going on? Like it's the most bizarre thing, and watching him back to back was just truly shocking. And I encourage you all to watch Taste the Nation. Um, and if you want to just look at some eye candy, of course, look at Zach. But do you really need to watch eight episodes? Like just Google a picture of Zach. I don't think you need to watch the show. And it's shocking to me. I was seeing people that were like tweeting and saying like, "Oh, this everyone needs to watch Zach's show." It's like you you learn so much, and I'm like, what? <laughs> like what? It's good intentions behind it, and I appreciate that he's trying to use his platform. But it's like not a well-made show, and it's all over the place. It's like not about anything. It's like sort of about food. It's sort of about the environment. He's not asking. The worst host I've ever seen on a television show. It's stunning. Again, he's a great actor. Greatest showman. He's the greatest showman, uh, you know? But, wow. Wow, Zach, wow. Yeah, bro. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm seeing people. I literally looked it up on Twitter. I like tw- I I entered in the search bar like the name of his show. I don't remember what it's fucking called. But so many people were like, "Ever this should be required viewing," and I'm like, "For what? <laughs> Go watch something informative." Like, yeah, just look at pictures of Zach. He's beautiful and deserves to be looked at. Or watch one of his great acting performances. You know, Hairspray. Go watch that. Um, but the fact that this should be required viewing, I was like, what? I couldn't believe my eyes and ears. Um, but again, I did watch every episode, so joke's on me. Um, but Taste the Nation, the point of this is, that's you need to watch Taste the Nation. I, I devoured every episode, and it made me fall in love with her, Padma. Uh, oh, I fell in love with her. The food was gorgeous. She a- asked great questions. She seemed prepared for her job. Um, and also, that is the problem with society in general, right? This beautiful woman of color... Um, you know, I, I have seen some people tweeting about it, but over the weekend I saw so many people tweeting about the Zach Efron show, and I thought, wow, everyone's just watching this straight white man who was given the show and can't even ask a, a simple question to any of these people that he's speaking to. And then Padma's over here doing all this sorts of wonderful work on her show. Um, but that's a tale for another time. The point is, this was everything iconic. Thank you all for listening. We have some iconic guests coming up. Uh, Jay Manuel from America's Next Top Model will be on the show, and it's a very revealing interview. I believe it's coming out on Monday. Uh, he's also got a new book coming out. Mindy Cohn from The Facts of Life. Now, I was always a Natalie, so she's coming on the show. Very excited about that. Both of them, I just did the interviews, and they were great. So I hope you'll give it a listen when the episodes are out. Uh, go to the new YouTube channel. You can view all of this stuff when the, those two interviews aren't out on the YouTube quite yet, but they will be. Um, but you could see all the interviews. I did Jill, I did an interview with Jill, Zarin, and Ali Shapiro, which you can check out at youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. Please like, comment, subscribe, all that stuff. Jill was a wild ride, and it's exactly what I expected. And um, so check that out. Uh, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you want one of the t-shirts or a fancy AF cocktail book or a uh, Queen Icon Legend Pop Socket, or we have Bed Wine Wine Glasses. Those are new, and they're amazing, adorable. And we have the re- they're like the real high-quality wine glasses, so they're thick and etched. Um, they're fantastic. So go to everythingiconic.store if you want any of that stuff. Uh, I love you all so much for listening. Please stay safe. And look, we've just done a lot of talking, so let's do a little cool-down, a cheesy little cool-down to gather our thoughts. So I'll take a moment to breathe in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. I want you to think of a holiday memory. There was some holiday. uh, Ramona said Len was like an elf. 
Think of a holiday memory, whether Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. It could even be another holiday, Halloween. Just think of a good holiday memory and breathe in. Breathe out. I just thought it'd be fun to think of a nice holiday memory, something that cheers you up, makes you feel good. Hallmark Channel's doing their Christmas in July program. You know I love a Christmas movie. Um, So, uh, happy holidays. (laughs) Happy holidays to you all. Thanks for listening to everything iconic. Uh, Stay safe. Bye-bye. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Oh, it's so-